All right, good day, ladies, gentlemen, those beyond the binary, poets, perverts, explorers of all kinds, secret geniuses, overt dunces. Welcome to Bust the Mouth on Q4 Radio, streaming around the world uh, on the TuneIn app, Apple Radio, 1680 AM in Chicago, and of course, at QUE4.org. Shots! So many shots. It's a Monday. Happy Monday. Uh, I hope your weekend was a good one. Mine was uh, Mine was pretty good. Mine was both really good and hellaciously riddled with anxiety simultaneously. Such is my life. This is where we are. I've not been sleeping. Uh, welcome to my life. Uh, I'm not getting into it. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, comedian, musician, activist uh, Sonal Agarwal is going to be in the studio today. I've got a, a few helpful hints to get you to your uh, grown-ass shape for the summer. Not the summer body. The summer grown-ass shape. I don't know what that means yet, but I'm talking about it. Uh, here's the rock music. Let's get it started. I'm a little wound up, like I said. I think it's a bad religion kind of noon hour. Yes, it is. Indeed, it is. Religion with American Jesus. Uh, for those of you that are not familiar, this is Busted Mouth on Q4 Radio, QUE4.org shots. Uh, Busted Mouth runs from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. every single Monday uh, on this channel and all over the place doing the thing. Uh, I'm JW Basile, your host. I never say my name in the intro because I'm a bad person and I didn't go to broadcasting school. I went to bartending school and this is my life uh all right good what else uh if you're digging the tunes if you like the songs that are happening there is a playlist for them uh there is the busted mouth streamed <laughs> streamed good lord i should sleep uh the busted mouth esteemed audio companion playlist a playlist so nice i named it something convoluted twice and that's where we're at uh so all the tunes that you are hearing are going to be on that playlist it's a free playlist it's on spotify go get it i'm not endorsed by spotify i just enjoy their product and i like their interface and i use it and that matters to me so all the songs that you're hearing can be found uh right there every single week we upload everything we play there we are magic america uh also rate subscribe and review if you're listening to this via podcast if you are listening in the future right now it's monday but if it's a wednesday or whatever day it is you listen to the podcast please make sure you rate subscribe and review if you're listening on apple podcast write a little review i know a lot of people don't listen on apple anymore that's fine wherever it is rate it subscribe it little things like that really go a long way uh to keep the show running as you may have noticed uh and if you if you're a regular to the uh to the show and you've been listening a bunch uh, you may realize that i have been very much feeling my age lately uh what with me maligning my lost youth every single week on the microphone but look certain things need to be embraced it's not that i'm old I'm not old. I'm 36 years old. I'm not old, but I am a grown-ass man, dog. A grown-ass man, dog? Yes, I am. Yes, I am a man, dog. Join me. Here are five things that you can do to be a grown-ass man, dog, too. Grown-ass man, dog is not gender-specific, ladies and non-binary folk. Uh, you can be man, dogs, too. Ladies and non-binaries is man, dogs, too. 
Go and brush your shoulders off. Thank you, JC. All right, keep it moving. Keep it moving. All right, these are five things you could do to get up on the man dog game. Number one, personal grooming, specifically as it relates to beards. Uh, I've said it before, but I've had a beard or some type of facial hair for as long as I've been able to grow it. I think like as soon as it started coming in, I was like, yes, on my face. It will stay on my face. I've shaved one time in uh, 20 years. I've shaved one time in 20 years. Uh, I used to shave my head because it was cheaper. Now it's a necessity. What was once uh, this kind of signature look has now morphed into the look of every third guy that you work with. Because you know that guy. You can't throw a dart in a Best Buy without hitting someone who could use my passport successfully. It's a recycled bit, but I'm using it again. Here's the thing. If you have a beard, you must take care of it. You have to. You can't just let it grow and move on with your life. You, you must take care of it, lest you look like a strung-out minor league hockey player. If you are the shaved head type, fade the beard into your head, right? So it's not just like bald, 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 hard line where the beard starts right at your temple. It's terrible. It makes your face look like the neighbor's been out of town for a week and he didn't hire some kid to mow his lawn. And there's the seam there. You look like a woolly, willy magnetic magic toy. You look like you went through the last of the Kmart Halloween section and grabbed a novelty hobo beard off the floor. Your beard looks like it comes with chin straps. If you don't know how to do a flesh uh, taper, a flesh taper, uh, a, a fade, you know, a taper, that sort of thing, Google it. Just figure it out. Figure it out. By the way, is everybody watching Letterkenny on Hulu? Am I the only one in the world who's watching Letterkenny? It is a few shows that made me laugh harder than that show. Anyway, figure it out. Uh, once you got that part down, the whole thing, just YouTube, whatever it is. And when you've got it down, you have to trim the beard. The whole giant beard thing uh, was cute for a minute, and now it's it's really, it's not. It doesn't mean you have to have a, a skin-tight beard. You don't have to be all, like, super tight, sexy stubble Don Johnson. But you do need to make some shape. Make it look like you, you, you made the effort. You know, experiment with lengths and whatnot, but trim it, for God's sakes. Wash it with, like, actual shampoo eh, at least once a week. Don't wash it every day, but wash it, you know, every now and again. Uh, throw some, some beard oil, beard balm, uh, any of those sorts of things to prevent the, the beard dandruff, because beard dandruff is a real thing. Uh, and also, like, you know, the more you hydrate it and whatever, just make it look nice. Get a hand mirror. Figure it out. It's, it's not hard. A beard is a privilege, not a right. But if you keep ruining them, you're going to ruin it for everybody. Number two, parking. I know this is contentious. Parking, one spot only. One. If you see a spot on the street and it's, it's big enough for two spots, just use one of those. Just, just cut it in half and just make it like there was only, like there was, just pretend there was another car there. Make oh, two spots into two spots. Learn how to parallel park. If you're not good at it, practice. Go to a parking lot. Practice. I don't care. Do something. But you got to figure this thing out. Also, if you're in a parking lot, stay inside the lines. Really simple. Stay inside the lines. Don't go over the line. If you get out, look and go, oh, and if you're over the line, get back in your car and just readjust. It's really simple. Also, when you get in your car and the parking lot is busy, get out of the parking lot. Like when you come out of Best Buy, that's right, it's a Best Buy kind of day. When you get out of Best Buy and you jump into your car and there's, uh, let's say, no spots left, let's just say Best Buy was still busy. But if there were no spots left and you're the guy and you see people are like looking for spots, Get in your car, start your car, get the hell out. Don't spend 10 minutes. Don't start messing around. Don't. Come on. Why are we going over this? Three, learn to cook, brush your teeth, pay your bills on time if you can afford it, and get consent. That is like 80% of being an adult, being a a respectable grown-ass man dog. Uh, 80% of the battle is brushing your teeth, knowing how to cook for yourself, paying your bills on time if you can afford it, and getting consent. That's it. Like, if you do those four things, someone will like you. Someone will like you and your friends won't leave you stranded on the side of a highway if you could just work on handling 
those four things to start. Uh, and if you're under 20, just start doing that now. Practice. High school. I was weird. I used to dress up. Not up, but like I dressed like an adult that would, would go to high school and people would be like, well, you dressed up all the time. I'm like, well, what are you worried about? Uh, I did dress up one time and somebody stopped me in the hallway because they thought I was a teacher. That's true. They thought I was. I had a full beard. Because I told you, I had a full beard. But yeah, do that thing. Dress up. Of course, no no uh, young women my age would go out with me, like 17, 18, 19, 20. Nobody would go out with me of my own age, but I dated older women. And you learn stuff, like uh, boning. Anyway, uh, you, you'll be the boss of the college or town or whatever, whatever towny job you end up getting out of high school. Also, bonus, if there's no shame, there's no shame in taking a towny job where you live, right? If you don't go to college, you just take a job near you. There's no shame in that. But get out before being an adult in your parents' house is something you're comfortable saying out loud. I'm an adult, and I live with my folks. If you're comfortable saying that out loud, you're growing roots into the floor. Stop it. Get out of there. Four, spatial awareness. You are not the center of the solar system. You're not even the center of this particular red line car. So watch yourself. We just saw Booksmart a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was. Right night I went to say, see Booksmart, and <laughs> and there's the, of course, obligatory uh, gay kid drama club super queen, right? And he's just like, ugh, everybody in there. There's no spatial awareness in this school. And I laughed, and Renee elbowed me because I say that all the time. And also, uh, in, in, my, in the inside, I'm, I'm still that kid. That said... If you're in a crowded place, like a subway car or, or something of that nature, just take your backpack off and stop manspreading. You don't, you don't need that much space. Put your bag on your lap. Put your knees as close together as is comfortable. I understand you got junk. I don't think your junk is that big that you can't bring your legs <laughs> less than a foot together. What is wrong with you? And I don't think manspreading is an act of oppression like some might have you believe, but it is an act of a jag-off, so stop it in general. In general, try to take up as little space as possible, even if you're white. Try to take up as little space as possible because space is important and we're running out of it. And space isn't just physical, it's also noise. How much noise do you make on, the, on just a daily basis? Just shut up. The, how many comments do you have to make in this meeting and the demands that you make on the world to pay attention to you? Take up less space. You want to take up more space? Make it. Find your own space and then take up all of it. Get a radio show or, or, or a place where you can hang. Whatever it is, make your own space. Take up all the space. Run through the halls of it like a John Mayer in an early aughts pop single. Like, like Julie Andrews. And you can run up and down upon its hills. And Okay, we've gone too far. But you've earned it. The point I'm making is you've earned it. If you earn the space, take up all of it. Otherwise, everybody's sharing the space. Quit being a jag. Number five, and this seems very obvious, right? Get help. Uh, everyone's a mess. Everyone's a mess. Or at least somewhat. Or used to be. Or is struggling to not be. Whatever it is. People got, people got issues. Uh, I have lots of them. I just happen to... I don't know if I have more than other people. I just happen to say them out loud more. Because, you know, material. You're not impervious to being a mess. And if you need help, ask. We're past this point. We talked about this a couple of weeks in a row. We're past this point where we have to pretend like we're not sad. Like we're not anxious. Like we're not having a hard time. Even if you don't think you need help. That's okay. Get a little routine maintenance. A little routine maintenance never hurt anyone. You still get oil changes, right? You still get the car washed and waxed even though when it's running well, don't you? Of course you do. A little maintenance never hurt anybody. You ever like get your car, your car specifically that runs like a top, uh, like mine? I was like, oh, man, it runs like a top. And then I once put it on a lift uh, or a mechanic put it on a lift. And he goes, hey, I want to show you something. And I got underneath the car, and it was 
ugly. It was rusted out and disgusting underneath. Looked not bad up top, run like a top, ugly underneath. That's what I'm finding is really real with my brain uh, that I've talked about a hundred times already. Uh, I'm finding all kinds of ugly stuff in my brain that has been hiding under layers of dust for years that I'm not happy about it. Uh, Your brain is not different from an ugly car. It needs it needs work. Even even if it looks perfect, it needs work. That's just how it is. If you're not down with seeing a therapist, that's okay. That's okay too. Try uh, try text therapy or or a book. Right, self help books are kind of jag bait, but like get one. Never hurts, right? A little therapy, maybe some journaling, maybe uh, create a safe space with a friend where you can talk about what's going on with you and you won't feel like you're burdening them with all your junk. Yes, I said safe space. In this case, I don't hate it. You know what I mean? Like, you make, you make plans with a friend. You're like, hey, can we sit down? I got some stuff to talk about. Can this just be about me? And can you listen and just be my friend who listens? And sometimes your friends are going to go, no, I don't want to do that. And that's okay. But I am a grown-ass man dog. And this has been five things. MIA right there, bird song, the Diplo remix. Uh, we're here, Bustin' Mouth, Q4 Radio, QUE4.org, 1680 AM in Chicago. I'm J.W. Basilla, your host, as always. J-dubs. I've said, it, I've said it a million times, and right here with me, Sonal Lagoa. How are you? What's up? I'm very good. How's this? This, this is a good distance. This is great. No, as long as, yeah, shall not touch. I will. Uh, I will adjust as necessary. Um, how are you today? I'm very good. You know, the sun is shining. We trust not the weather app in Chicago. Yeah, I, the number of times I bring an umbrella and never use it. Yeah. Or um, don't bring an umbrella. And, and then you should have. Require it immediately. Yeah. yeah. The second I walk out the door. Uh, hey, so this is, you chose the, the previous track in MIA, which is not something I would normally have on the show. Because normally it's like rock and roll and sad guy stuff, you know, that, oh, that, that, that right. kind of business. Yeah, nice. So why'd you choose the track? Well, it's one of my favorite of her songs. I really like the rhythm of it and the whole idea of being a bird and being free. And any chance to talk about MIA? is always, um, you know, a blessing. So you were just talking about this, the MIA uh, documentary. Yes. What was it called? Matangi? Mia? Maya? Maya? Her real name is Maya. Her her birth name is Maya, and it's about, it's about her. I mean, she didn't make it, but she was definitely involved in the creation of it. I don't think she was satisfied with the product. Satisfied with which product? The documentary. Oh, with the documentary. I'm sorry. With the documentary. I think she wanted it to be about something else, and then that's always the thing. When you collaborate with somebody, then... Co-creating a vision is always going to be different than your individual vision, and it's very much just about her life and her coming. I think she wanted it to be more about the message of her music and really break down what it is that she's communicating, but it ended up being about her, and I don't know if you all know this, but her dad, everybody knows MIA. Of course, yeah. Right? Everybody knows, I would hope, and she's like our first South Asian representation Superstar, you know, she was like the rebel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. queen, and her dad founded the terrorist organization, the Tamil Tigers. Which I didn't know. 
I didn't know either. I didn't even know that organization existed, but still, I didn't. Yeah, I'd never the, heard this. Sri Lanka was in civil war for a long time, up to just recently. Mm-hmm. And then there was these horrible attacks that just happened in Sri Lanka. I don't know if anybody heard about that. Uh, I, I think people were busy posting pictures of the fire of Notre Dame. No disrespect, <laughs> but that's a building. It is a building. It yeah. is a building, and these are real human lives that True. we're talking about. So the Tamil Tigers were an, an organization that were formed to push out the to be in fight with the Sri Lankan uh, incumbents, maybe? I mean, honestly, my political knowledge is very limited, mm-hmm. but I know that the Tamil Tigers was a huge, you know, they were coordinating attacks. I don't know. I'm sure you, we've all complained about our dads. Yes, you know what I mean? But imagine your dad. It's like, Dad, can you stop, like, blowing up <laughs> movie theaters, please? I'm trying to have my friends over. It, yeah, and I could see how she wouldn't want that in the documentary. Because you want the documentary to be about how great your music is. But you can't control what's Not interesting. Not the focus, right? On, right? Yeah. And then because of that, then they were refugees. And she, they fled Sri Lanka. And were, she was raised in the U.K. And her father kind of didn't come over because he's like, I'm busy. I got to run this. I got to blow stuff up. I got to blow stuff up. Who's going to, you know, nobody's, this terrorist organization is not going to run itself. What, do you just get on TaskRabbit and get someone to cook get up somebody, some for? Get somebody, you, you outsource? Just, yeah. what, you think you can outsource a bomb? You can't go online, outsource. Yeah. Oh, I guess, well, is that what ISIS is doing? I don't even know. I don't know. I have no idea, but I've heard their propaganda is very compelling. They have an app. I heard the videos. They bought Snapchat. Like, it's really, it's really like, oh, that looks good. I should consider, <laughs> I should consider that. Look at all that shiny stuff. So from that, she really... She embodies a level of the revolutionary spirit versus like, you know, I mean, I grew up in the burbs, you know, and listening to Bob Marley, Buffalo Soldier, like, I don't Mm want to go to school, mom and dad, you know, and like, I've complained, my dad's a professor of mechanical engineering, and I thought that that was the worst thing possible, and then you're like, oh, but he could have founded a terrorist organization. That That could have been real. That could have been more annoying. (laughs) Is her dad still alive? Is her dad still alive? I'm not sure. Actually, I'm. I know she's got kids now, and just the, and also just she's the constant fight, you know. And the reality that was most striking to me in the documentary was that the gatekeepers are still tired ass old white dudes. Mm-hmm. You know that the second that you, you know, she she played the Super Bowl with Madonna. Yeah. Do you remember that? And then I she do. flicked off the camera at one point, and it's like. The type of stuff that's happening, like, was it Madonna's boob came out or somebody's boob came out? Janet Jackson, you mean? Oh, Janet Jackson's boob came out. 2001, somewhere in there? Boob came out. Yeah. And these things are always like, oh, was it an accident? Was it coordinated? That had to have been a planned prank or something. But, I mean, like, she, MIA basically, like, fled the country after Mm -hmm. that. She had, like, the NFL coming (laughs) after her, trying to sue her for, like, $7 million or something, you Mm -hmm. know, and she's... I don't know whether or not she comes back into the country, but it's it's just a constant fight. And there's no like, okay, I made the album and now I'm set. You know, it's always going to be like they're always going to try to push you down. And she's her, her fans are really a testament to her success. And sure. she's still like this huge star. And every time you get political, you're going to have the true politicians come in and be like, um, can you just stick to the music? Yeah. Please? Could you shut up and just sing the song or whatever? Could you yeah, shut up and sing the song? Right. Shut up and sing the song. You right. know? So she's very, you know, she's, she's doing it. She's out there. And I absolutely love that song. I love that song. I love that Diplo, you know, Diplo is such a mega name mm-hmm. in music production. Nowadays mm-hmm. with major laser and I don't know who else he's working with, but they were just like kids when they met each other, you know, and she just, she rocks in. You got to see the documentary. She just rocks in 
to this like major record company in London. She's like, yeah, I made this track, yeah. And then she just puts this like, boys, boys, it's like, how do you have that level of swag to walk into a record label and be like, this is going to be your top Madonna shit? It's bananas. It's bananas. It's bananas. So, guys, check out the documentary. So, what do we, um, you said this thing that I want to get back to. So, the idea of gatekeepers, right? Because you yourself are, you're a a comedian, but you're also a musician. You are a show host. You're a producer. You do all kinds of stuff. I do all kinds of stuff. You do all kinds of stuff. And I come in a package that is brown-skinned, female Mm -hmm. form. Mm Mm-hmm. I can affirm. Those of you that can't see me, I can confirm. <laughs> I look that's, like, that's what I look like. That's true. That's a true statement. Uh, so, <laughs> so I guess uh, my question, like we, we talk about this gatekeeper thing, right? It's always been rich old white men controlling everything, controlling everything, which is still largely true in a lot of senses. Right. Like but who I've, made money off of Black Panther ultimately? Oh, absolutely. Right. <laughs> I don't know how to phrase this the best way, but I, I feel like gatekeep, the concept of a gatekeeper is starting to become something we can get around. Artists are figuring out really? new ways all the time to make money and, and do their own thing. And I think, you know, with the internet revolutionizing that and making that possible. Absolutely. So you yourself, are, like you're running a show and, and you, you're, you got a big online presence. You do all kinds of stuff, right? Oh, thanks. Yeah, you I'm do. up to almost 3,000 followers on Instagram. That's so pretty impressive. Kind of a big deal. That's kind of impressive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so like, what are you, what are you butting your head against? Like, are you running into this gatekeeper thing? I mean, is it, is it, there's always going to be people standing in your way because that's the life of art, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's always going to be, um, you know, like the the second I say anything about anything, it's like, oh, okay, so is this like a racially charged, you know, comedy um, mm-hmm. person, or is this like um, an SJW, which is Social Justice Warrior? I didn't even know that that was an acronym. Until Did you just learn it? I just learned that recently okay. when some, I have a clip up on the Laugh Factory Instagram page, and it was like, oh. So annoying, this SJW. It's so so tiring, and I'm like, oh, Google, what is SJW? And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. social justice work. I mean, I guess I'm that, but I'm. Sure. I mean, however you identify is going to be different from how the world and how the industry right. identifies you. And I mean, I happen to be fulfilling, you know, a cultural deficit, which sure. affords me opportunities. That it's like the danger there is that I could stay only okay, funny. You know, and still I'm going to get booked on stuff because it's like, ah, we need lady and we need a POC. Right, right. That's a person of color. Those of you listening at home, dad. Yeah. And a WOC, W-O-C, that's a new word. That means woman of color. color. I'm learning these things too. I'm like, what's that? I just got booked on a a WOC show. Like, are we going to make stir fry? That was a dad joke (laughs) for your dad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Go part on. dad. Yeah. Um, we're, we all are. I think we all are. I think are. all comedians have to be part dad. And, you know, it's a sense of humor. That's such a crucial part of my personal development. Well, since you brought it up, like, I do want to kind of get into it a little bit. Like, how much of your identity is tied? I mean, obviously, your identity is going to be tied to your art. There's no way you can completely separate the two. But is, do you, hmm, do you feel compelled or do you feel obligated to make social justice and other things that you champion for outside the stage such a big part of your life i don't necessarily feel uh, i feel compelled mm-hmm. you know and i feel inspired and i feel um i feel kind of purposeful in which is very very cool i don't feel like most people get to feel aligned to any sort of purpose sure and that's where then that kind of fragmentation comes in and then it's like what is the point of anything if you don't have 
a sort of purpose, you know, and a and it's quite a noble path actually to unify people through laughter and the word, which is really cool because I think that comedy traditionally has been thought of like a dumb thing or laughter is like, oh, dumb people sure. laugh. Okay. You know, and I'm definitely surrounded by some very, very um, intellectually driven egos, very, very smart ass Asian American, Asians, Asian people, you know, and the Indian people that are like, oh, you know, I laugh sometimes when I'm feeling like I need a break from all the intelligent, you know, heart <laughs> surgeries that I'm performing or whatever, sure. you know, and, and now to be able to bring laughter into this kind of higher realm, <laughs> with, you know, and just um, to be celebrated and like for people to be like, oh, that was like a smart joke. And I really like that. And I like that audiences are feeling more, I want to be challenged and not just like fed this you know, like easy, um, lowest hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. But I do feel um, in the club audience scene, and it's not even necessarily like what the club owners themselves would like to see on stage. I don't, I don't think. I think that they're running businesses and they're like, who are the people that are buying tickets and sure. spending the most? We got to pay the bills. We got to get those people in. Yeah, no doubt. So I don't necessarily, I can... I feel myself to be threatening to those kinds of audiences sometimes where it's like if it's just like a Midwest tourist audience, you know, at the comedy bar, which I play at and I love, mm -hmm. I love the comedy bar. And it's still you feel challenged like, oh, God, look at these. Look at these people. And they're just going to be like, who's this brown woman mm -hmm. on stage trying to teach us stuff? Can you just please do regular dick jokes, please? Can we just get back to Am I allowed to say that? Not entirely what you did. So okay. here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what swears anymore. Like, it's changing all the time. Uh, yeah, the big ones. The big that's ones. that's uh, an anatomical, what am I supposed to say? If you were to say penis joke. Oh, penis a, joke. A phallus, a, a phallus joke. It's a joke about the male that sex That sounds organ. gross. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. It's a penis joke. Dick joke sounds like, oh. It does sound better. Yeah. I still don't know if you could say it on the radio, but you just did twice. So, uh. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, I did read it's, the email. It's fine. It's thoroughly. Fine. I know. I know. I know. I know. So when you you talked about like getting booked as as uh, on these walk shows, right? On a woman of color show, do you feel like your material has to be that night? Has to be about being a woman of color? Oh no, heritage not, or no, anything? no. I mean, no, not necessarily. Definitely not. I th I think it depends on the audience. Like yesterday, I was on a show. Um, in very close to Indiana in the middle of the day, like a three o'clock Sunday fun day fundraiser show mm -hmm. for um, Relay for Cancer. Okay. Is that a, is that a thing? I, I, re, yeah, probably. Re I don't know. Apparently, they're a huge organization. You just looked do. at me like I knew the answer to that question. You're like plugged into stuff. Yeah, yeah. but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, I'm in nonprofit radio. I'm not, I don't do He's charity. Literally, cables are coming out of him I, right now. <laughs> I look like an old Moog synthesizer. <laughs> anyway, so you're doing comedy for Relay for Cancer. You know, and it was mainly um, uh, Spanish-speaking, like, older okay. crowd. You know, like, probably, like, our parents' mm -hmm. age type of crowd. And I just opened my, like, the girl introducing me, uh, Janice Rodriguez. She runs a show called Las Locas Comedy Show. They're fantastic. What up, Janice? What up, Janice? And she just introduced me, like, your next comedian, so I'm like, girl, she speaks better Spanish than me because she likes to annoy me personally or something mm -hmm. and I, I get on stage and i'm like hey guys i'm so i speak spanish because this is america <laughs> and it's like they are clapping and they are like sure, some people yeah. are out of their chairs and it's just so cool to be able to like dial into like oh i know what these guys 
want to hear. And, and that's very cool to be, I'm an Indian American woman speaking Spanish because I thought that's what we were supposed to do. I thought, was anyone else paying attention during those like eight years <laughs> that we were in Spanish class? We were in Spanish class forever. Right. I, and I come from a country where it's like everybody's speaking like 10 languages mm -hmm. and it's normal. Like my dad speaks Marwati, Urdu, Punjabi, Hindi, English, you know. So for him, he's like, oh, my daughter speaks two. She's still stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've got three now. I speak like four, four languages. I speak Spanish and Hindi and English and a pretty good Italian. Pretty good. Um, you speak Italian? Yeah, parlo italiano. Oh, really? Tu parlo italiano. This speaks I got nothing. Dude, it's such a fun language. It is, but I, I just, uh, every time I try learning it, I'm just like, I, what am I doing? No, it's mad fun. And I it know. is not that many people speaking it, but it's phonetic. The grammar is yes. super similar to Spanish. They yeah. use a lot of hands. Mm -hmm. You know, I know um, all about that. I was living there for a while. You lived my, in Italy. I lived in it. I've I've traveled for like ten years. We're getting into it. Okay, so you were born. I was born in Pittsburgh, which in is Pittsburgh. this really annoying thing that I have to say when people ask, <laughs> "Were you born in Chicago or India?" And I'd say Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. like I'm being a brat, but I'm right. like, no, that's just real. Actually, Pittsburgh. <laughs> all right, so you were born in Pittsburgh. Then in we came here when I was like one, right? And then we we I grew up here, and we I'm very very blessed to go to India a lot as a kid, like probably every other year or so. So to have a global perspective mm -hmm. and to be able to track, like I mean, and back in the day, we're talking, you know, the late '80s. I was born in '83, so what is that like Cold War? time yeah, yeah. or something so I'm, i remember once it took like three days to get to india because we had to go like all the way around europe mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. land in germany and this is pre-internet and because because we had to do this whole huge route to get around some like no fly zone you know so you you really felt like oh the, i'm connected to this world identity instead of i'm just part of this one narrative right you know and then you get made fun of everywhere you get made fun of for like not being American enough here. Oh, and sure. Not be, being like the little American princesses. Like, uh. oh, we made the food separately for you because you can't eat spicy food because <laughs> you, are, you are stupid. And you're like, what? So you grew up speaking both English and Hindi. Um, kind of. I think I, my Hindi was much more fluent when I was a little kid, mm -hmm. you know. And then my little sister, which happens a lot with first generation kids, my little sister doesn't speak any Hindi. Really? At all. Like, Because yeah. your parents began, like, were they, they stopped speaking it as much at home? And I guess so. And she was always just, like, the quieter one growing up. Mm -hmm. Growing up, you know, now. And um, so she was always, I think, just, like, that is the other language. that They're not talking to me right now. And if I'm to be addressed, they'll speak to me in English. That's wild. And I think that happens a lot. I know so many people like me who are older siblings, and they still have a grasp of the sure. mother tongue. And then... They're like, oh, yeah, my younger siblings don't speak it anymore because, you know, inadvertently you don't realize how much damage you're doing. But I would translate for her. I mm -hmm. remember having experiences of that where it would be like you're just protecting people and you don't realize that it's right. like. And now my mom will be like, I don't know why I didn't teach you Hindi. I'm, she'll hit herself sometimes. <laughs> she'll be like, oh, I'm bad. Just like slap herself. Wow. I'm like, oh, my God. It's so <laughs> dramatic. It's cool. And it's also like. Good for you. Get into that shame. Make it palpable. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need in our lives. That's what we all don't. We just need more body shame, more self-flagellation. Hurt ourselves more. I mean, don't talk about it. You know, like feel. Really, really feel it. Really, feel let's go it. back. Let's make it Franciscan. Like, let's get the whips out. <laughs>
Let's do this for Jesus. I want to see the pain, you know, like a hand welt yes. on your face so that I know, oh, you must have done something stupid and you, so, you called attention to it. Good for you. Yeah, so you could like FaceTime with your kids and like, you see this welt? This, this is because I didn't teach you Hindi. <laughs> yeah. Do you see this? Do not this give her how any much ideas. Of a mother I want to <laughs> Do be. not give her any ideas. Did your mom Snapchat? <laughs> We um, FaceTime or, or and FaceTime stuff. and all that. Yeah. We FaceTime and stuff. Yeah, we got um, uh, a wedding coming up this weekend. Somebody else's wedding. It's always somebody else's wedding. We'll get into that. Okay, go on. Um, so you have someone else's wedding coming up. Yeah, childhood friends in Schaumburg, out in the burbs. So Hey-o! this has been booked for months. The unofficial capital of the suburbs, by the way. And yeah, Schaumburg. really, and truly, true. This has been booked out for months and months, and I've been having like small panic attacks just looking at my calendar and making sure I didn't accidentally book. A comedy show in the middle of... Because it's only two days. It's very short. There's three things. There's like the music night, Friday night. Then there's the actual wedding at 9.30 in the morning, Saturday morning. What? Which will probably go to like 9 p.m. Tuesday night. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) That'll be like a few hours. Then we get a break. Then we have the reception in the evening. And you have to have different outfits for the wedding and the reception, which is like huge progress. Is that uh, is that a cultural thing, or is that just like this is how we do it? Oh yeah, I mean, this is what's yeah, that's the same thing. Is it cultural thing, and this is how we do oh, it. Oh no, I mean, is that um, is that uh, traditional? Like in India, is that just the traditional wedding deal? Like there's always two outfits. That's part of the game, or, or is that just I mean, your circle? It's usually so many days the wedding. You know, really? it's usually like five days. Oh, okay. of a regular Indian wedding, and then it will be different outfits for every. Gotcha, gotcha. And now the whole idea of like if the wedding and the reception on the same day, I remember having like intense arguments with my mom like, it's the same day. Why can't I just wear the same outfit? Yeah. Why can't I wear the same Why sorry? And she'd be like, are you trying to kill me? <laughs> Do you want me to die? And I'd be like, it always goes to death. Yes, it's always yeah, it's like, got to be that dramatic. I just don't want to change. And it's like, okay, well, I'll die then. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it really, it's such a huge like status thing and like you why why would you even suggest that of course you have to change and it's these super extravagant outfits that we only get to wear you know and now i'm just like whatever it's your this is your world i want to participate so i don't want to argue with mm-hmm. my opinions mm-hmm. fine we're gonna go to the van get some more outfits you know and i'm excited actually i usually like hate on it i'm like this is and that's cool i feel like that's just and when we're young we're such we're so intense and we're so like, ah, everything makes me mad. You know, and then you're like, oh, it's really tiring being mad all the time. It is exhausting. It is exhausting. I'm always tired. I'm always tired. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like you have to choose, you know, like and I'm always on this bliss train. And, it's, you know, I don't know if it's capitalism or colonialism, what has made these terms sound so plastic. Mm-hmm. And so spirituality has been totally appropriated yeah. by... I just saw a book called Namaste at mm-hmm. a bookstore with like this white woman with tattoos of languages that she, I'm sure she does not speak. speak. <laughs> Namaste is actually not even, it's like a mispronunciation of Namaste. It's, mm-hmm. So Namaste is not yeah. the joke. It's Namaste, which y'all are literally mispronouncing a culturally appropriated concept <laughs> and word. And now, like, it's one thing seeing it on T-shirts. That's fine. But to see it on a book, in a bookstore, we want to talk about the gatekeepers. Like, that is, like, how many levels of okaying? And at no point, nobody was like, wait a minute. 
is this is this inappropriate? Is this like inappropriate to put this white woman with like her perfectly curled hair that is deeply attached to all the stuff that you're supposed to be detaching from when you are on the path of yoga? And then it's like, oh my god, oh my god, so infuriating. Why the, the caucasity has no limit. There is no limit. Yeah. There's no. There's no like. There's nobody checking that and being like, this is this is kind of very inappropriate for us. You know, like, I think that brown people will be offended. Nobody sure. cares. Nobody cares. That seems strange to me. Oh, my God. Not, not that, I mean, it doesn't seem strange to me at all that they're taking something, appropriating it, making it cute, making a book, capitalizing it. Like, that doesn't, that's not surprising. That doesn't seem strange to me. What seems strange to me, though, is that no one got in the way and was like, uh, hey, is this complete garbage or am I like no one put their hand up in the board meeting and just went this seems wrong to me Does this like seem wrong it to just never else? occurred like, shut up Steve yeah. god you're such a downer <laughs> sorry Tammy you're great, being a social great justice pitch. warrior Jeff quit, quit, quit being SJW yeah I don't know I mean what is that I don't quite know what to say about it aside from like yeah white people are just gonna white people I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and then it's like it's on us, brown people, to clap back also, you know, and we just don't care. And it's not very, you know, based on yoga principles, you are just supposed to be like, um, don't get mad. Just ohm it out, you know, and like, water okay, be mad. Yeah, just water off a duck's back. Where, where did that phrase come from? I don't know. Ducks? It's, it's Ducks came up with that one. Well, water and how it rolls off a duck's back. And they just don't get wet. No, they get wet and then it rolls off. That's amazing. It's like you get mad and then it rolls off. God, I love ducks. <laughs> Big fan. They're so sweet. They're really cool animals. Chickens too. Yeah. Have you ever like held a chicken? I have held a chicken. I love I love chicken chasing. I'm about it. Um um I've spent lots of times on lots of like permaculture farms and you know, roots living. I'm a I'm a big old like crunchy little hippie. You clearly and I wanna <laughs> Is it that clear? It, I feel God, like I'm yeah. stealth. You brought up like no, you're the least stealthy hippie I've ever seen. I'm like, trying you to be brought professional. Up, you brought up Social justice and cultural <laughs> appropriation. You use the word caucasity. Like you did all this in the span of about twelve none seconds. Of that, none of those are hippie words, right? But you also were like, "But on the path of, I didn't know yoga <laughs> had path. a path. <laughs> There's the a path. path. <laughs> I thought it was just stretching. I thought it was bending on a mat and trying not to fart. I thought that's what yoga was. That's true. That's trying not to fart is mainly you should fart. You need to fart. The, you have to release and relax. What is this holding in farts in yoga? Oh, here we go. I'm getting all fired up. Okay, well, let's go there. <laughs> These are conversations that no other guest has ever brought to the table. You know, usually I'm, we just I'm talk actually, about sadness and rock and roll, and you're like, really? let's talk about yoga farts. You know, I'm actually um, a massage therapist also. Oh, I didn't know that. Which I feel like I'm coming out of the closet. Happy Pride Month. I'm, I'm coming out of the – did you know that it's Pride Month? Yeah. Okay, well, you just raised an eyebrow at me because I well, feel no, like – I was just like, wait, which closet are we talking? Are you coming out on this show? Well, I mean, my sexuality, like, oh, God, I've – I know. I'm a woman, so it's just like, okay, I've hooked up with other women. That just is like, cool, good for you, bro. You know, it's not... I wish dudes could have the facility of having experiences with people with the same setup. Agreed. Same bits. Mm -hmm. Like, I've learned more about my body from other women than I ever have from a dude. No offense to all of y'all. No, I mean, whatever. Dudes are... (laughs) I, I think dudes are okay. I think I don't think anyone's offended. Um, I think dudes are going to be okay. I think they're going to be fine. <laughs> I think they're going to be, be okay. Fine. All right, we covered like three things here. But okay. the, because uh, the reason I brought it up that I'm a massage therapist is because I definitely love that people that yoga is introducing people to having a relationship. 
to the breath and the body mm-hmm. in a non-competitive sure. way. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because I don't, I don't know when movement became exercise and going to the gym. Right. And like, that's not really something that I'm into. I I like feeling strong and feeling good in my body. I swim, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the massage therapy is a, an incredible way for me to be in like a movement meditation as opposed to being on stage as a comedian when you're like in front of so many people and to be like quiet and just being working on one body sure is really nice you know and that's like a form of yoga that's definitely on the path of yoga that's why I brought it up because oh, we're talking so, about paths so you're come you see so you're coming out as a massage therapist mm-hmm. oh god I can't talk about it in front of comedians because when I started doing stand-up, I remember somebody's like, so what else do you do? And I'm like, I'm a, I'm a massage therapist. It's like, oh, really? Because i got a real tense penis. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was That's like, gross. I will never tell anyone oh. what I do. It's a bummer. Except for my clients. But now it's been like, you know, the, the duty is definitely to... I don't, I don't, I do kind of feel obligated to talk about this stuff now because I don't want, I had another comedian friend. I was like, I want to start talking about the fact that I do massage. And he's like, no, do not, do not do it. Why? Because people are gross. And that was the end of the conversation. But as, but as a comedian and as a thinker and as someone who's, who's controlling a stage and controlling the narrative, like you're able to get out in front of it. You can make. I would hope so. You can make jokes. I'm sure you can make jokes about massage that work for you. I would absolutely. And I do. And I like talking about it but it's it is very interesting because he's like this comedian friend who told me that he's like no because people are gonna then sexualize you in a way where you won't be taken seriously they're already doing that right and nothing against you but like they're already doing that they're already sexualizing women on stage that and then it's so funny that it's like we try to draw these lines in the sand of like okay but i want to be taken seriously as a human being so i'm not going to tell them you know and i've and i've had a couple of very inappropriate conversations because people come to know that I do massage therapy you know like oh does it ever feel like sexual it's like you know I don't know does it bro I'm so sad for you that Mm -hmm. you're so you have never brought a woman to orgasm I'm (laughs) very very sure that's such a telling statement you know like dude do you guys get like naked oh really yes I do find it very sweet and inspiring that you know, everyone feels so like disarmed around me mm. to say the, the incredibly stupid things that like yeah. I'm not. You know, I'm not. High. My face is an open book, and I'll be like mad, judging like, "Wow, that was really messed up that so you said that. That was. You should go home and think about that." And do you say that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, good, yeah. Good, and I'll good. be like, "Please, that's so." Inter- you know, and I do kind of keep a rule like I don't really work on dudes. You know, I generally I have a guy that I refer dudes to, and it's those those are hairy conversations to get into because you're no like, pun intended. yeah, you know, oh yeah, hairy. y'all just use it's too much oil working on dudes, so I gotta set. <laughs> it's really cutting into the depth. It's really cutting in my margins. It's cutting into my oil budget, you know, and and so it's it's things there. There's just so many everything. I also was really surprised to see how they interconnect because when I started doing comedy, I was like, I can't do massage and comedy. They have to be separate. That seems so antithetical to me. Yeah, that's awesome. That's I'm so happy to hear that. Well, good. Yeah. So does it get sexual? I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and how much more with, yeah. does it cost? Be like, so, yeah. <laughs> and even, I mean, and that's like, I remember um, in my community, 
I had an auntie because I was doing massage. I do massage because I'm a huge bruiser. I've injured myself many times. I've mm-hmm. had to fix myself many times. And um, I'm big into psychedelics. I love... What? What? Yeah. So if, the, you know, if you can't be outside, you know, with a tree or in the stream and, you know, like, getting your hippie on, then the closest thing to, like, a living tree is, like, another human body. Mm-hmm. What? And so I get in, I get into all of that, and I would be really quiet around my family and stuff because I had an auntie that was like, "You're doing massage, so you are like a prostitute, but making much less money." <laughs> and she thought it was so funny. She's like, "You should put this in your comedy," and I'm like. I feel so vulnerable. <laughs> I feel so exposed. Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of like one of the things about massage, though, is the vulnerability in the... Absolutely. In the, in the literal exposure, right? I mean, and I do a lot of um, Thai massage, which is then you're yeah. wearing clothes and you're lying on the ground and it's like a it's like a lazy man yoga, it's mm-hmm. called also. And I just think it's, it's such an amazing way to relate to your body. And the first time I ever received this, a Thai massage, I'm like... What is happening to my body? I want this to be happening all the time. And to be able to be in your body and to receive touch in a non-sexual way is like the the art of cuddling is completely lost. Mm-hmm. I was big. I was like a cuddle hoe in college. I was also a regular hoe in college. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, oh, man. Remember when you could just have like meaningless Hoeing. I'm in my 30s now. It's kind of like this guy. Yeah, it's, it's kind of. It's an, ugh, no, it's kind of mean stuff. Well, now, well, now it can be casual, but it also is like loaded with some sort of meaning. Yeah, and it, oh god, it's just. What not, does it all mean? Yeah. All the time. Okay, so ugh, I think it's ridiculous that. By the way, we've covered so many things, and I'm not even going to try to track back to them because I'm just letting you. There's some, there are a lot of times, and I was having this conversation this week. Uh, there are a lot of times when I'm sitting with people and I'm having a conversation with them because we've done a lot of these, right? And I just kind of like, good. I'm just going to ask you some questions, and I'm going to lead you along, and we're going to get to the end of this conversation. And we're going to try to follow it. With you, it's like I just put the quarter in you and just let you go. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And then when the quarter runs, and then when the when the pony stops making the noise and going up and down, then I just put another quarter. Put another quarter. In, and I don't worry about what happened on the noise. And on the ride while it was happening. So that's a huge compliment. I'm, I'm such a good yeah, you. pony <laughs> pony machine. I, I didn't I didn't mean to dehumanize you. It was a metaphor. So <laughs> no, I like it. Um, so so with you, like I think it's ridiculous that we think we can't own the entirety of ourselves on stage. Oh yeah, I mean I have a girlfriend that's like I ran into her um, at a yoga class. She was coming out of a yoga class because I was massaging in this facility. And uh, I don't work there anymore. And and she was so like, do not tell anyone that you saw me here. And I'm like, why? why? And she's like, because being healthy is not funny. And I don't want anyone knowing, you know, that like she was so embarrassed. That's so ridiculous. It was like, uh, yeah, it was like, I don't know. I was busting her like, I don't know, watching porn or something. Like, I'm sure she would have been like much less embarrassed if I had caught her watching porn she'd be like what up i'm so look at mm-hmm. me getting my porn you know but she was like oh, don't tell anybody that you saw me at yoga and i was like yeah that really i was like you should definitely tell people that- you know what's funny i realized is that i do the same thing about joy really? like don't tell people i'm having fun oh <laughs> i'm serious I swear let's to you. break this down let's take this apart okay I didn't mean to make this about me, but I just realized that it was really like i that there's this like dumbness about joy yeah like, it's inherently against who I am 
in what I've created for the world. Oh my god, because you identify as sad song guy. Yeah, sad, as a sad boy. And it's off brand for it's you. Very, uh, thank to you. experience joy. Yes. That's terrible. So I'm like, hey, don't tell anybody I'm having fun. Don't tell anybody. Like, but there was a thing where like someone would hand me. Like, my friend had a baby. My friend Tim's son was born. And they're oh, like, babies are so And they're dope. like, don't hand the kid to Baz. I love babies. Don't, Baz will probably kick the, kick the kid. Or what, like, draw. I'm like, I, I really like babies. And you're like, don't tell anyone. No, so I just, like, <laughs> kind of slunked away and didn't hold the kid. Because I was, like, afraid. Because I didn't want the attention of, like, oh, every, everyone's going to be like, look what. Oh, is he smiling? It's like, yeah, I like babies. I like dogs. Is oxytocin releasing in his brain right now from looking into that Push baby? it down. Push <laughs> it down. Down <laughs> you. <laughs> Ew, are you experiencing bliss right, right. now? Yeah, I would rather. Like, yeah, without exactly. MDMA, right. that makes all of us very uncomfortable. I'd rather because be we've, we're used to this idea of you being sad. Mm-hmm. So, like, we can't handle change. Right. That's so interesting. It's weird. You were allowed to be blissful. I know. You were allowed. And babies are so dope. I really hate that about comedians, I think, have this trope of like, we hate kids. It's like, dude, I don't have any. I love kids. Uh, kids are your permission to be your wildest self. That, ooh, what? Kids are your permission to be your wildest self? Yeah, you can go into like, you can be making like animal noises and just oh, being okay. like, oh, I'm a choo-choo train. It, yep. You can't do, you can't, I feel so wild and out when I have a kid around and I'm like, I'm the cool eccentric auntie, mm-hmm. you know? And as soon as, like I was visiting with my friend and like I call them my goddaughters and I call myself the fairy godmother because we're not blood related, but sure. we have such a pure bond and there's, it's my best friend and her kids are now five and two and they just lose their minds. We all lose our minds when we're together. And when we have like, we, we sing songs together and these girls are like just channeling music. Their father is a professional musician and principal in a school. He's like dream dad. He's killing it. <laughs> Not all he dudes are bad. He furniture. He saved <laughs> he, otters. He saves <laughs> otters. Yeah. Probably. That right. sounds like Jake. Yeah. And we're just singing, we're singing this song where it was like. Legos, you could build a stream. It was like really passionate Lego song. And then the girls like walked out of the room because, you know, they're kids and we're in this basement and they walk out of the room and then it's just me and dad mm-hmm. singing the <laughs> Lego song. And we're like, wow, we look insane without the kids here. Yeah. We need them here to give us that safety of like really going out far into our imaginations. That's so wild that we feel so limited. As adults, to be silly. Do your parents think you're the great rebel because you're such a hippie weirdo? I think they... Because you, like, didn't go into molecular engineering or something? I think they're just so relieved that I'm now, as a 34, 5-year-old, I'm 35, I'm going to be 36 this year, um, they're so happy to hear me using the word career, Ah. which I started using, you know, like, when I started doing comedy, that they're so, you know, they see Hassan... Minhaj and mm-hmm. see Aziz and they're like, okay, she can make money being um, rude. <laughs> being rude. <laughs> you know, so they they see that I'm actually focused. I mean, this, this artist life, to be in the city and to commit to the artist path is like self-abuse. Mm-hmm. 
this is this is crazy what we're doing to ourselves. There's no yeah. You give away way more than you get back. Oh my god! I mean, especially like in the beginning. And I what I love you know fantasizing about the future in which there's more of a team around me. You know, and when you're doing everything on your own, and it's like there's no sense of stability, and they see that I'm like really on the path. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they see that I'm on that. They see that I'm committed to that. So they kind of. They're into it. And we like each other now, which has been that's such good. a journey. You know, I mean, yeah. I didn't speak to my parents for most of my 20s. Okay, so, all right, that's kind of what I was wondering about was, because, all right, so I have a friend, right, Jewish comedian. Mm-hmm. Shocking, I know. And he just said, it was just, I said, like, why are there so many Jewish comedians? Because, I mean, of a... There's only 14 rel- million of y'all. But of, like, a relatively small segment of a population, how are there this many comedians? Yeah, there's, like, like, a billion Indians. Yeah. And I'm, like, the... <laughs> You're the this third like, Indian I'm the comic. Third Indian comic. Russell 14 Peters, million. Hassan, and then you. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> I want to talk about Hassan in a minute. But uh, who's he's pretty like a deer in person. I saw him like this close. Pretty like a deer. Hassan uh, Minaj. Yeah, he's like a doe. He's gorgeous. He's gorgeous. And he's like six two. It's it was very strange. He's stunning. Yeah, he's I was annoying. It's just annoying. Too. Yeah. <laughs> So he, it's so cool because he's such like he's he's I'm 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 connected to him through Brown Town, you know, and the community, and I've had the pleasure of like experiencing. Wait, is there a Brown Town? Um, it's a secret society. I but... figured much. Go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> you shut your white mouth. <laughs> I was just setting up the joke. I wasn't sure how that was going to go, but you know what? Shut your white mouth. Did just fine. <laughs> Keep going. I love being around. It's summertime now, so white people, you all are getting your sunburn on, and I love being like, "That's the white devil burning inside of you." <laughs> so old i'm getting such mileage uh. out of that joke and i mean it's not a joke it's true i'm sorry for you guys that's karma and <laughs> i've had the pleasure of of like hanging out with him one time and he's just so like he's so like um pure you know yeah. and he's so like on he's just been born and it's like many lifetimes have come together for him to for this path to be for mm-hmm. him and he works so hard oh yeah He's just, he's like a laser. I'm more intimidated by that. I feel like there is definitely an abundance of opportunity right now. You know, we have a huge cultural deficit to fulfill, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, I I listen to him on a podcast and he's like, I read three books a day. I'm like, what? I believe it. Cousin, Jesus. I believe it. Not a hair out of place. Oh my God. Shoes are perfect. Like he's just that kind of dude. He's just, he's a laser. He's an absolute laser. I have so many saved tabs on like my facebook thing mm-hmm. of like posts that i have yet to yep. finish reading <laughs> that I'm like, oh, get to that. i have a whole extra window full of tabs i haven't read yet yes and this dude is reading three books a day but it's really um it's really that's he it's very inspiring and yes. there is something he's so palatable right to the white gaze but unlike oh, Aziz, and the white straights i think and and the white and the white gaze. I'm sure. I mean, anything would be attracted to Hassan. He's like a deer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like a deer. <laughs> he, that's what I'm telling. I've said it. He's, you he's said like it. a deer. Now that you said it, I'm like, that's so he's true. Like a deer. He's anyway, like a beautiful deer. I got so distracted because I want to talk. Because you're the only person, the one of a few other people I know who have probably met. Oh, your Jewish comedian friend. Right, Jewish comedian friend. Right. And I was like, well, how are there so many Jewish comedians? He goes, because that's how you stick it to the man if you're Jewish. He's like, if you ha- if you grew up in a Jew- Jewish household. The best way to piss your parents off is to go into show business. Oh, that's so funny. As opposed to like on the outside, it looks like you, y'all, you know, are just controlling the media. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, okay, cool. <laughs> Nepotism. I got a job in Hollywood, you know, and it's like, 
Good for you, little yeah. shmooly, or I don't know. Is that a Jewish wow. name? <laughs> wow. Is that a Jewish name? No. Is that a Yiddish word? I don't think so. Oh, God. Have I offended Woo. Hollywood? Hollywood. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, that's our show. Uh, <laughs> We're off the air now. It's <laughs> over. <laughs> Like no, this station's run by all <laughs> I'm the only white guy at this station. Um, I mean, it's uh, yeah. and I, I like joking about that because it's like there are only 14 million of y'all, and there's a billion of us. And I feel like um, it's so rare to see Indians in the the path in the artist path, you know. And like you see, you see more Muslims. You see, I'm Hindu, and I sure. feel like a minority within the Browns because they're. Muslims need to clap back to all they've had. Really bad branding. Mm-hmm. Really bad branding. And it's, it's been like some bad PR. Very bad PR. They need a new PR guy for sure. And Hassan, if Hassan is the guy that's like he steps up and then he's like, look, I made a PowerPoint presentation and Netflix bought it, you know, and that's what Homecoming mm-hmm. King was. Right. You know, that for me was more of like a one man show. Yeah, it wasn't it a was stand up special. Really a stand up special, but it like broke the medium open. Sure. And now it's like, oh, this is what it can look like, and we can redefine and reshape the industry. And it's like, his, I don't know, are you watching the Patriot Act at all? I've not started it yet. There, are, I mean, any episodes where it's like the Saudi Arabia episode, for example, is extraordinary. The fact that he even put that content out there is so brave. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a really cool episode. It's a little heavy duty for me. That's not really my pace. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like somebody's like holding my head in mm-hmm. place, you know, and it's so fast. You know, it's very, for millennials, I think it's, Perfect. And people who like the show love it. He's doing like AP government jokes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh my God, for that's for the AP Gov kids. You know, I'm like, that's so funny. It's 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 a it's a whole new like cool nerd movement. Yeah, so I mean, but that's kind of what I'm getting at, right? Like growing up first generation American, right? You're first generation? Yes. Yeah. So growing up first generation, specifically Indian American, right? You're the eldest, your dad's a professor, like they do all the things, and you go, I'ma just backpack through the world and write jokes and do yoga. I mean, I never, I, being a comedian was like one of those things that I remember like growing up watching Comedy Central Mm -hmm. and, you know, like Last Comic Standing or whatever. And just being like, anytime you could go back in the TV days where you had a TV and you had a remote and you only had, you know, like 20 channels. Yeah. yeah. And it was like 30 was like, Ooh, that's a lot. Oh my God. You have 30 channels. I'm coming over. 30 was the expansion pack where you got the Comedy Central. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's true. And, um, back when like Showtime was porn. Uh, Showtime and Cinemax, yeah. Side side boob was Cinemax. like, <gasps> oh my god, Ooh, soft. Oh my gosh, the saxophone's gonna the saxophone's <laughs> gonna start. Things are gonna get steamy. There's gonna be fog in the room all of a sudden for no reason. What? Yeah. So much fog. Yeah, why is it so much A lot. Of, I was like, I remember watching, like, seeing those shows and just being like, I guess grown-ups take a lot of showers together. <laughs> <laughs> That's good that they're so clean. I'm 36 years old. I think I've taken like five showers with other people because it's not a good look. It's terrible. I'm not into it. Anyway, go on. Uh, not, I love group showering. Save water. Save the earth. Uh, oh, I mean, like in a romantic <laughs> sense. I'm not. A, I'm not opposed to group showering. Oh, okay, good. Just like yeah. I, I'm just like just with much? one other person. Is, no, that's not a good look. But a group of people. Well, I mean, like the the let's make some romance in the shower thing. Oh, oh, well, you know, it depends. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's I'm never... very athletic, so I'm oh, good definitely you. into... Yeah, I'm an athlete, so I like showering there's with a another lot of, person. There's a, lot, there's a lot of angle to consider in a group shower, in a tandem shower. That's so funny. But the problem is you, you can't, it can't be a, 
like it's really hard to make it an effective shower. Well, I mean, you uh, are you using a loofah. That's important. Well, when you're I, I mean, there are certain <laughs> parts. There are certain there are certain things I do in a shower, and certain parts of my body that I wash in a shower right. that I don't want to do while looking lovingly into your eyes. You know what I mean? Oh well, I mean, I guess it depends on the level of intimacy. We're gonna have to save that for the next. That's episode, probably another you know? show. So when I was Busted watching mouth after dark, when I was watching the TV, you know, back when I was a kid, I remember watching comedians and being like. That is amazing. That's the same stage that would be like a whole play or mm-hmm. a whole band. And this is just one person with the microphone, bare, you know, just their voice. And I remember thinking like, I could do that. You know, and just being sure. a kid and just yeah. having this like the audacity to think something so simple, you know, that you think it's so simple where you're like, I could do that. I could get on. I was always like doing dance performances like, okay, we have relatives in town. Do something. That, entertain. That was me too. Yeah. For sure. And it'd be like. Okay, yeah, fine, no problem. And I was singing and chorus and, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. And then when I started my um, pa- journey as a traveler, once you start traveling, it's very hard to stop, mm-hmm. actually. You know, and you're like, why would I be in the U.S. if I can live between India and then going for festival season mm-hmm. in Europe? And then mm-hmm. you're with these all these other travelers that are making their production and making clothes and jewelry and whatever in India and then going to Europe to mm-hmm. sell it or I became a fire dancer at one point. What? And, right. the, and the independence of that felt so powerful of like, okay, I have my equipment and I'll just go to a plaza in Europe. But then, you know, it's like anything else where you're like, oh my God, I'm so tired of carrying this stuff around. And like, is there going to, you know, you get gigs and once you get into your later 20s, you're like, is there going to be a shower mm-hmm. at this gig? Mm-hmm. You know, because like you're covered. When you're young, you know, like 22, 23, 24, you're like covered in soot and oil and you're like I'm like a fire pirate and I'm so independent I've created my own economy and then you're like oh my god I'm we have to change all these coins into <laughs> usable bills and then find somebody with a credit card who we can give this money so we can buy a plane ticket because I didn't have a credit card I didn't even have a bank account for a couple of years <clears> traveling ah, that whole like the last minute and a half just gave me the biggest anxiety it's <laughs> I think I need to I'm gonna cry I'm like, wait a minute, you didn't have your ticket? He needs to hold a baby. Somebody get a baby here. (gasps) Somebody get a baby here. He needs his oxytocin level. Wait a minute, you couldn't. You you didn't know where you were going? You didn't have a credit card? You only had the amount of money that you had on your person? You didn't have a hotel room? What? We just like arrive in places and be like, me and I traveled with this girl, uh, Pamela, a beautiful Mexican woman that's down in um, Playa de Carmen in Mexico. And she's like my... My most inspiring, like, um, goddess, sister, and whatever. And she was, like, the really, like, okay, we have, I have this fire equipment. You have these, like, outfits from India. We're going to create a choreography. And then we traveled all around Europe for one summer um, just performing That's in the wild. street and having, like, the money that we had on us. And it was it was really powerful and amazing. And being a comedian was always the thing that was, like, I would probably be good at that but i feel like and like anything else it's going to be a lot harder to do than it looks like from the outside sure. and once you start that path i think that you're going to have to this is like my inner dialogue where it's like once you start that path you're going to have to commit to that and you can't do anything else really you know i've had that same dialogue yeah you know so then it was like i was in a motorcycle accident in 2015 oh wow in india and at that point i'm like i was i was hosting festivals out there which you don't have to develop any of your own content because you're given like a script of like you need to say all of these things sure. and you think the sponsors and you just need to be like hype yeah, woman you're a host. Yeah. 
your host, Hype Woman, yeah. and you're getting paid. And then, like, it was a cool way to meet all of the musicians and artists. And suddenly it's like you're part of this huge international community and tribe. And then, boom, I was in this motorcycle accident, which in theory wasn't supposed to be such a big deal. Like, okay, broken fibula, no big deal. That should heal in a couple of months. But I wasn't treated properly. So that turned into like seven months after the initial accident, wow. having to come back to Chicago to put titanium screws in my leg. Ugh, I know. Ugh. I made a one-woman show about it. And Gross. What's it called? Robo? Robo yoga? Robo so no. <laughs> <laughs> really? No. Oh. Yeah. It's called the alchemy of bliss. And <laughs> but maybe I should change wow. it to Robo so no. <laughs> or just a subtitle. The Alchemy of Bliss, or how RoboSonal Terminator. Took, took America. Yeah. How yeah. <laughs> I went Terminator mode. And it was at that point when I was like, that, so the, after the accident, um, I couldn't walk for over a year, which is so insane yeah. to say out loud. Like, having lived that, if somebody told me, like, you're not going to be able to walk for, for a year, a year, I'd be like, that's impossible to conceive, even though I lived it. Yeah. It's still so, my God, I was like this peg like like one leg creature with this you have the scooter i had like i had the skateboard Mm -hmm. that i would like get on and kind of wheel myself around the place and i had crutches and i did a lot of airport traveling that year very stupidly so i mean being in a wheelchair at the airport is baller yeah it's pretty it's pretty sweet deal you can't miss the flight because they're just like we'll take care of it Mm -hmm. you just sit there literally yeah just sit there and it's like you and all these like 80 year old ladies in the airport, and you're like, what up? What? This is my people. <laughs> ooh, ooh. But then I came back to Chicago at the end of 2015, and I'm like, all right, that's it. The universe has literally struck me down and has forced me, dragged me home to Chicago. I have to, I have to do it. I can't start here. this path. And now I'm here, and now I'm here, and now I'm doing it, and um, I got a show, and I'm producing stuff. Yeah. And I never, ever anticipated such a a strong community. Chicago is really known for its um, stand-up community. Mm-hmm. I've done a tiny bit of open micing in L.A., and it was like, ain't nobody talking to anybody. They're just like head sure. down in their notebooks, do my set, get out. Chicago is like, you start doing, if you feel like doing stand-up, just look up, Google um, open mics, Chicago stand-up comedy, and this website will come up, and a whole list mm-hmm. will come up. There's like five to ten open mics every night. And four of them a week are worth going to. Go on, I'm sorry. There's, <laughs> and probably, I mean, honestly, bro, there are a couple a night that are worth going to just to hear yourself speak yeah, and to sure. try your material and to actually do it, to bite yeah. the bullet and do it. And because I have all this experience with like hosting huge events, you know, I've had to speak in front of people that I, it really matters what they think. Of me, you know, because they're the ones paying me mm-hmm. or not, you know, now to be doing open mics and to have the freedom of like, this literally does not matter to anyone else besides myself and my own personal development gives me this kind of resilience and this stage presence was like, why doesn't she care? And it's like, because I've, I traveled the world for a really long time and then I couldn't walk for over a year. So yeah. I, I don't care about these 20 other open micers. You know, that are like, it's so nerve wracking sometimes to go up at an open mic, which is really exciting. I think there's this purity of just, they're just feelings. We choose what we sure, call them. Sure. I mean, there's, I recently did a few mics just because I was like, I haven't done stand up in a while. Let me just, oh, awesome. and you know what I remember? Yes. No, I hate it. I hate it. Oh. I absolutely hate it. I hate it. But that's important to know that, then to have the clarity of like, I don't want to do this. I do not want to perform 
for other comics at 10 o'clock on a Monday while they're still playing the ball game in the next room and I can hear the play-by-play while I'm trying to do a bit. Right, you know what but I mean? like, if I'm not you into want that. to hear yourself go through your yes, material, yes, yes. Then, then within that context, then you're like, this is awesome. Of course. I don't even care right. that these guys aren't even paying attention because I said something that I didn't write. Yes. You know, so like now I'm going to edit that into the complete joke that I will then perform in front of an audience and then it's like all these horrible open mics are for the reason Mm -hmm. of getting to like i did a show last night at io and i was booked on the shows um does this outfit make me look gay it was a fundraiser for chicago outfit which is um, the roller derby league roller derby league i thought we were gonna do the show at a roller rink i was so disappointed (laughs) that it was at io and i was like are they gonna build a roller rink at io (laughs) no (laughs) <laughs> yes, but inside of a herald. Here we go. <laughs> I was such, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> I really did. The shirt make you look gay? Did, did, the, did the outfit make you look gay? I, 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 they did an Instagram um, survey. I'll have to check. I oh. think I'm at oh, like. They really did. did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not <laughs> just a clever name. <laughs> and then, um, uh, you know, the show last night. You get booked on shows, and you never really know until you get there sure. if there's going to be an audience. Sure. If Everybody else is dressed up and you're not. If you know, and then like I've definitely gotten I went to I remember um last year I did a show and I didn't realize it was at like this really nice sushi restaurant until I got there and everybody like the guys running the show were in suits yeah. and I was in like pajamas. I was like, Oh no, this is a nightmare. <laughs> but then that's so cool that stand up comedy is a medium that it doesn't matter. You know, you're yeah, being sure. judged by the content of your It's pure, words. purely objective. Did they laugh? Did they not laugh? Yeah. Did and then laugh? it's and then it's up to you laugh? how yeah. you want to present right. your external form. Right. If you feel like, you know, turn up, dressing up because you feel like it feels good to feel good. And if you're like, I don't care what I look like, then that's great too. You know, and it's kind of up to you, which I think is very cool. I think it's I can't imagine being in an office environment and having to like have my office outfits. Yeah, it sucks. I can't do the office thing, but yeah, I'm with you. You're like wearing a suit. Well, I'm wearing right half now. a suit. I'm wearing a, just a blazer and some stuff. Okay. I gotta go to a theater. Okay, I was I literally like, "Why are you so dressed up?" Because I, go I came in here. I'm like, "Isn't this a radio show?" So you know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, you have to wear work. Even though clothes. I don't work in an office, I do have to do work clothes. But I do like to dress up. Yes, and then when it's a choice, yeah, like this wedding thing, I'm super excited. There's gonna be very, very heavy outfits, mm-hmm. and that used to drive me crazy when you're not when you're being forced. To do these things, if it's not it's if it's not from your own journey of like, okay, I'm cool with this. Why? Because you know I choose to have fun with mm-hmm. what I look like. It's not because I'm looking for approval from those around me, and I care about the judgment. I'm more like I'm having fun with what I look like. Are you looking forward? Do you think you're ever gonna get your own wedding? <laughs> that was a blurdy, <laughs> very blurdy question. But like, are you in that path of like? I know you're on the path of the yoga. Are you also on the path on the, of like on the path of marriage? Are you looking? Is that a thing for you? <laughs> I mean, I really, um, I like that these institutions. We're in a time now where it's like you get to redefine what things are, you know. And it's like if you want to have a love party to celebrate. I mean, I'm very single right now. And hey, hey, you know, it's like I'm not necessarily looking, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not like, oh, I'm just like I've never really been like focused on working before. You know, I was always just like this no plan plan. I got to India, you know, and I was like, I'm on the no plan plan. Then that turned into, you know, nonstop movement and things happening and learning and adventure, but not like 
a schedule. I've sure, never had a sure. calendar right. before. You know, where it's like, let me check the calendar. That's a very new yeah. thing for me. So for for me to be just be structuring this and really to be putting so much time and work into caring about this stuff versus like I'm I, I mean I'm not really trying to put time into dating for example but mm. I did I was in Guatemala for a month at the beginning of the year and I had a beautiful little romance down there and I'm 35 now and like it wasn't even like oh this is so beautiful it was like this is like really inconvenient what <laughs> <laughs> we're in love now what you ain't know? love inconvenient <laughs> ain't it always and it was like okay you live here oh my god he was so hot pants he's a structural engineer yeah. <sighs> I was like, I'll give you something. I'll give you a structure. <laughs> I'll give you a structure. <laughs> and he was like the volunteer coordinator for like all the building projects. So he's just like really softly directing all these people into all like, in okay, we're going to build. Yeah, and he was he a translator. Speak at all. He was Gringo Max. Oh, okay. Gringo Max. So we were speaking Spanish gotcha, gotcha, together, gotcha. and then he's like giving instruction. He was a translator, so it was like so. He was so like, did you get that? Do you entendiste? Do you still need? Trans, mm-hmm. you know, like checking on everybody, and I'm like, oh my god, it's so hot. And then we didn't even realize that we liked each other because we both just thought that we were really nice. Mm. Which was then, like, by the time we realized, it's like, oh no, we only have a few days left, and oh my god, I have to get back to my life and my work and yeah. my world. I've got to rub people. I have to massage folks. I got to massage. I got to stretch folks. things out. I'm on a path. I'm, I'm on, on a yoga related. I'm on a path. I've got to host this open mic. I got to ruin this white woman's career who's appropriating. You know, good Tibetan for Tibetan culture. Good yeah. for uh, her. I hope that n- Namaste woman is making lots of money. Namaste. Appropriate. Namaste. Appropriately. Uh, so you, yeah, I do too. So you hooked it up. She made the thing. It was all lovey-dovey. And you're like, great. And I'll see you never again. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. It, was, it was very, love- well, you know, who knows whether or not we'll see each other. But, you know, in terms of, so to get back to your question, yes. like, I definitely love love. And I love, and I did love having, you know, as I did love having that affirmation. God, I am such a hippie. I loved having like the reality check. Is that a more normal? No, you word? can say affirmation. <laughs> I booked you to be yourself on the show. <laughs> I loved having the reminder and the affirmation of like, oh wow, if I am going to be in relation with somebody else, it's got to be like this. It's got to feel like this. This level of like intensity, and, and I'm so inspired mm-hmm. by this dude, and then or you know, lady or whoever you know. But in this case, it was a dude, and it was very. Like, if it's not like this, then I'm not going to, like, try with somebody, you know, and, like, compromise and be like, well, I'm not really into him, but I, it is nice to cuddle. And, yeah, you know, sure. it's like, yeah, there, it's, it's, and, you know, when it turns into a lot of scheduling and coordinating, mm-hmm. that doesn't feel natural it's either. You know, when you're like, no, 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 I'm just going to, I'm going to focus on what I'm doing. And I think that that's really the most powerful thing that any of us can do. I think the more that you come into alignment with your highest purpose, you know, and like stewardship to the earth, I feel like is a concept that means a lot to me. It's I like, don't even know what that means. That means great. like just having like be caring about this planet. Ah, gotcha. You know, and like it's so easy to just be really apocalyptic and be like, you know, we only have till 2050 anyway, and then the planet's uh, doomed. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Like let's just trash it faster, mm-hmm. harder, you know, and it's like I'm still very, very – Inspired, you know, part of why I was in Guatemala, I was doing stand up down there and Thai massage, and um, I was staying on this permaculture farm, and it was incredible. Permaculture means that like everything is working 
together with itself. So like the runoff water from the bathroom mm-hmm. is part of the gray water to grow the banana plants. Sure. You know, and then the bugs that are coming for the banana plants are also, I don't know, attracting bees or something that like help pollinate all the flowers that will then make these vegetables grow better. Sure. You know, that is a very accurate description of permaculture. That's exactly the science. I'm, <laughs> that is science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then to be in to be in those environments, I think that as you come into alignment with like your most purposeful self, then I hope that I attract somebody and I'm attracted to somebody who's on that same level. Word. You know, and I'm very inspired by like these stories that you see where it's like, I'm 56 now, I'm 60 and I'm, you know, in love for her and I'm getting married mm-hmm. now, you know? So I feel like as a 35, I feel very young in a lot of senses too. And there's a lot of time for stuff, you know? And it's, and that's very funny. I, I love being 35. I love just being very rude to people in their 20s. <laughs> I'm like, I find oh myself my doing God. it. I'm like, oh, you're so young. Everything's so intense and so real, and mm-hmm. it's really not. It's really not. And the stuff that you're like, oh, my God. And and then um, I love being told how young and stupid I am by people who are older than yeah. me. Yeah, oh, exactly. You know, it's like, oh, you're just a wee babe. You know, yeah. and it's like, okay, cool. You're right. So what? age is a construct, and it's very, like, I, w- I was hit on by a 24-year-old recently, and he was really like, you know, age is just a construct. I'm like, that's what all 24 year olds say, bro. That's that's the line at 24. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm into older women. Like, cool, good for you. Good luck. Go find one. You know, Are you you didn't listen to the show on the way up, right? On your drive over. I listened. No, because I, I covered a lot of this in the first hour of the show. Are you serious? I'm not kidding. What were we talking about in the first hour of the show? Like being 35, being a grown... Well, I'm 36 now. Like, I just turned 36. Fine, you're older than me. Get over it. No, oh, I know. That's why I brought that up. Uh, yeah, but being 36 and, like, having young people, I just did a bit about being, like, grown man lessons. Like, I just talked about dating older women. I just talked about this. We are so in alignment right We're now. We're so in alignment. This, this is, is such the an most affirmation. ridiculous, unfocused, unstructured interview we've ever done on the show. I love it. And it, you're... Yeah, you're magnetic. Uh, I dig that. That's fun. And we're just about out of time because you have to plug stuff now. Oh, dear. Okay, so you guys can follow me on the things. Yes. Uh, give me all the social media first and then tell me about this. Um, my social media is Razor Bliss, which is actually ties into what we were talking about, about how you have, are attached to your sad guy identity. Yes. I was um, a B word. I'm allowed to say that. You could say B word. Yeah, there are lots of B words. But you know which. I know which B word. Okay, and listeners, I'm sure you know which B words I'm talking about. Buffalo. No, I try not to use that B word anyway anymore because I'm like trying to evolve my language a bit. Good. But, but also, I don't know if you. I think you could say it on the radio now. But anyway, go on. Well, I mean, and to be like, yes, bitch. You know, then yeah. that's like that's. I mean, that's like we're taking that back. You know, and like to be able to redefine what it is to be a bitch. But what happens is I, my stage name was Razor Bitch in India because everyone's got these like... Seriously? Yes, because everyone's like, I'm Shukta Mukta Nukta Nanda. You know, it's like, bro, your name's Trevor. I saw you <laughs> sign in at the guest house registry. I saw your ID. You are not Shukta Mukta Nukta nothing. Yeah, it's like slam poets. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, so then I was like, my spiritual idea is Razor Bitch. And I was like... This, you know, like slashing down all the BS type of identity. But the thing is, then you are in that bitch identity and then it's exhausting to be angry all the time. It's exhausting to be sad and angry all the time. So I had this process where I'm like, you know, there may have been some psychedelics involved. And then I was like, I have to ditch this bitch identity and I have to start to be in the work 
of bliss because it really is a process. It mm-hmm. really is a pro- it's a lot of work to be blissful and to be able to take your triggers and be like, oh, what's going on underneath this? And then, right, is this a plug? Yeah, is this happy, what a plug is? Being happy is really hard. Being happy is really hard. I mean, how many babies can you hold? Exactly. How many dogs are there? You can't just be like, let me hold your baby. How many baby pandas people. exist? <laughs> How many baby pandas are on Instagram? But not enough to. You have to do the inner work. You got to do the inner to. work. It sucks. We just talked about this in the first hour of the show too. Go on. So you got to do the inner work. So that's my um, social media is Razor underscore Bliss, and then I have a show called Ronnie Rage Radio. Um, that's a live show and podcast. You can go to um, Ra Ra Ra. That's the name of the show. Oh God, I should have organized my plugs. No, you're better. doing great. But you can go. You can go to all my. So I have a website, Sonalogarwal. Dot com s o n a l a g g a r w a l shots yeah and um, every time we spell something we do shots oh yeah and so you're new, really, you're new here I didn't, I didn't know that no, I didn't no, know that fine. what are we doing shots up what are we no, doing shots no, up it's just a joke Come it's on. early <laughs> it was a bit I always spell things so then I was just like ah every time I spell something just take a shot it was like became the bust them out drinking game the early stage of the show like a year ago that's a callback to the early stage and now every time I spell something I say shots. shots okay cool now I know now I'm on the end with this lingo I am shots and um. I got lots of stuff coming up that I'm excited about. I'm the one woman show is happening in. I did it last year at the Steppenwolf Theater, and it's doing. We're doing a one off on August seventh at the Greenhouse Theater, on Lincoln Avenue. On Lincoln Avenue, yes, right next to that. Um, what is that club? The apartment. Have you been? There's some clubs right there next to the oh, theater. Oh yes, where it's like, bro, let's yeah, do it shots. Is, it, is, it is Bro Town. It is. The center of Bro Town. It's really fun to go in there and pretend like you're on Molly and dance and like you're a teenager for like a few minutes. Like, this is a fake ID. Brad, can I touch your face? <laughs> it's so soft. So oh my soft. God, you have to touch it. Buy I me a drink. That. Buy me a drink. And so that's where the show is going to be, right in the heart of Bro Town. Um, I'm going to New York in July because I've been booked for a short film. I'm the protagonist in a short film. Good for you. Directed by a woman named Suchi Talati, so I guess I should be posting about that. Um, Ra 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 is happening June 17th, 18th? It's a Tuesday. June 18th at the hideout at 6.30 p.m. June 18th at the hideout. So please, you can go to the hideout site. You can go to my social media to get tickets for that. Um, that's all the things. That's all the things. That's you did all it. the things. You know what? I'm I'm really glad you came in today. I was feeling very anxious and wound up and not terrific early and uh, hanging out. Like, I feel much better with you. You feel like you're in your bliss body a little bit. Yeah, you're, oh, you're so kind of bliss baz. That's his special. new name. <laughs> I don't like it. Don't tell anybody I'm having fun. <laughs> I like you. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone I'm having fun. This all is right. terrible. <laughs> We're gonna play a record by my friend Katie Caden, whose new album is out now. She's been on the show before, and uh, I know her. Uh, you know her too. Go back and do the thing. Bust Mouth, of course, is available all over the place, including Apple Radio. Uh, everywhere you get your podcast, the podcast is there. Wherever you're listening to it right now, if you're in the podcast. Otherwise, if you're on, uh, if you're on driving in the car, you're standing in line at Jimmy John's, whatever it is you're doing with your life. That's not a plug for Jimmy John's. Not at all. Uh, but whatever it is you're doing with your life. Um, if you, if you want to hear the, more about this conversation, find out more about uh, myself, our guest, et cetera. You can find the Bust Mouth podcast anywhere you get your podcast. You can find everything you need to know about Q4 Radio, all the great things that we're doing uh, in terms of being social justice warriors. <laughs> in terms of social justice and independent art here in the city of Chicago, go to Q4.org. That's Q-U-E-4.org. Thank you so much for having me, back. I thought you were going to say shots. Oh, I pointed oh. you. <laughs> I was shots. Shots. Thank you for being here. You're awesome. This is Katie Caden. All right. I love you. Bye. 
just another girl from the neighborhood.